Good morning, everybody. It's Jeff Goldberg from the Sales Pro Network. It is Friday, December 22nd. Oh, my goodness, we are really getting close to the end of the year. Uh, let's see. If you haven't joined us before, I'm a sales coach and trainer. I work with both individuals and organizations internationally to help them get measurable and sustainable sales increases. And I founded the Sales Pro Network a little over three years ago to elevate the profession of sales, to give salespeople a place that they can hang out, network, ask questions, get advice and coaching. And if you have joined us before, you know that every Friday at 10 a.m., we either do a live training or in 99% of the cases, we do a live interview with somebody who can add value to the profession of sales. And today is no exception. Before I bring on our guest, uh, if you're watching us live, please say hello in the comments. If you're watching us live on Facebook and have not connected your account to StreamYard, it's just going to say uh, Facebook user. So please include your name. If you have any comments or questions for our guest today during the show, please put those in the comments and I'll pass them along. And finally, if you're watching us on the replay, please put replay in the comments. And with that, it's my pleasure to bring our guest to the stage. Our guest is Nick Niehaus. He is the co-founder and the head trainer at the Business Video School. Good morning, Nick. Morning, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for being here. It's good to see you. Good morning, Tony Simas. Thanks for joining us this morning. Um, Nick, could we maybe start out with the two or three minute version of your background? What brought you up to this point? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, happy to share. So uh, my background, I mean, I've, I'm pretty much been self-employed since I graduated from college. So I, I studied entrepreneurship, you know, it's kind of the, the focus of the time. And so I've done a couple different things. Um, you know, I, I invented a product called the Case Cooley. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So it's basically like a koozie for a whole case of beer. Uh, that was obviously something we invented back in college. Uh, so that was fun. Did that for a while. Um, run you know marketing businesses. In fact, uh, the, the marketing company I started kind of kind of ended up developing in some ways the uh, company I run now, which is called Business Video School. And so, uh, yeah, so I mean, I, I think about eight, nine years now I've been doing video. Uh, most of that time has been kind of focused on the real estate industry. So probably about 80% of the customers we worked with have been real estate agents, loan officers, brokers, stuff like that. Um, and our specialty really kind of became, you know, helping people make this transition. So, you know, understanding that like video is very complicated, there's different ways to use it. Um, there's a lot to do there. And so in our school, uh, we've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of students coming through. We've worked with, you know, a total of several thousand across the U.S., even some students in other countries, which is always kind of fun to see people making videos in other languages that you don't even understand, you know, so I've always been excited about that. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's my passion is just helping people understand, you know, how to use this tool. Uh, how to get over their their fears and, and their frustrations when it comes to implementing video um, and then just how to make it like a regular part of what they do in their business so yeah so we so we do outstanding uh I, i'm gonna need the website for that uh, cozy because my son is going to graduate college this year and he's in a fraternity <laughs> and i'm betting he'd like to hear about that one <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure that's a good fit that, that's that's about the target market for that product that's for <laughs> sure <laughs> i understand your avatar so um <laughs> You told us a little bit about the business, excuse me, the business video school. What are some of the ways that salespeople can use video? Because our audience is salespeople. How right. can they generate more leads? And what's your secret for affordable lead generation? Well, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing with uh, with video is, I mean, almost any way you can imagine they can try to use it. Because we, we, we always exp uh, explain video as a form of communication. You know, this is just a better way to talk to people. Um, something that happens when you see a video of somebody is that basically there's a part of your brain that that activates and it's kind of the same part of your brain that typically activates when you're having a face-to-face -face conversation. Um, so there's there's this fusiform gyrus in your brain and basically it's, it's dedicated to recognizing objects. Uh, one of the objects that it recognizes is faces, right? There's actually like a de dedicated subdivision of this part of your brain that's just just looking for faces and it's saying, do I know this person or not? Um, and so that, in a lot of ways, that's the power of video, right? It's just this idea that any interaction where I can maybe add that element, you know, so so I'll just give you one quick example. Like when I'm <clears throat> generating leads, um, if I have somebody opt in for something, you know, maybe it's a free downloadable, like an example of what we do in our business is we have uh, our core curriculum is just called the, the real estate video roadmap or the small business video roadmap. And so we have an ad that runs that says, hey, do you want a copy of the small business video roadmap? And people download it. And obviously those are pretty qualified leads. Um, and so then what we'll try to do is, is send a personalized video message to that person, right? So this is a video that's just for them. It's really not being seen by anybody else. Um, it's got their name in it. You know, I like to take like a whiteboard and I'll write their name on it and I'll put that up on the screen right at the beginning of the video so they know it's for them. And uh, that just immediately changes the impression from 
I signed up for some. Yeah, there you go. Right. So you, you know all about this stuff, uh, Art Jeff. Uh, so that's that's the stuff. Is like you know you get you get a chance to show that person that you're you're doing something for one that a lot of people aren't willing to do yet. Right. So you're getting on camera for them. Um, a lot of these recipients like they're not doing video yet. So they look at that as like, wow, this guy, man, he's he's really doing something cool here. And then the the more important part is it, it just immediately establishes you as a real person, right? So now you're not just some faceless, you know, entity that they signed up on a website. Now you're you're in this case, Nick, right? This Nick is reaching out to me. The Nick is this guy that I, I feel like I've met now. Um, so that's a big one, right? I think lead conversion, it's a huge opportunity. Um, on the lead gen side, I'll tell you uh, right now, I, I, we got a campaign going with one of our clients where it's a, it's a two-stage campaign, right? So he, short, he created one longer video, which is sort of five, six minutes, that is uh, all the details of a strategy that he uses to help his customers save a bunch of money when they're buying a house, basically. It's kind of the, the core of it. And then he has a short video. And the short video is basically the 30 to 45 second version. You know, so, hey, we can do this. We'll save this much. And I got, here's, here's the, some things I've done in the past, but not every specific step to take. And so the strategy is you run the short video and you tell people, hey, if you want to learn the rest of it, you click here and you sign up and you're going to get access to it. And then on that page, he's got a second form that says, hey, if this is piquing your interest and you want to kind of look into how this could be implemented in you know, your life, we can help you out you know, one-on-one here, fill this out and we'll get in touch. You know, um, So those are the kinds of things that, that you can do. And I think last last point I'll make there is to just remember when, when you're in sales, you know, you got you to look at this stuff and understand that because video is is an actual relationship, it's called a parasocial relationship that's forming, you you might look at your results and you might say, well, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, I don't have, you know, leads pouring out of my ears yet, like the video is not working. But actually, what's happened is you built that relationship with hundreds or 1000s of new people. And now they're all thinking about you in a new way. So so I've really seen that over, you know, over several months, you'll probably start to see a significant uh, change not not especially you might get more leads, but especially the quality of the leads, right? The, the kind of conversations you're having at that point, um, the intimacy, the familiarity. People are basically ready to hire you when they start a conversation. Um, that's a really good sign that what you're doing is working. And then, yeah, you you should be able to expect more leads as more of those people have gotten to know you, and that relationship continues to grow. So that the the, the warning there is just have a little bit of patience because the first few times you make a video, it can feel like, man, I want this to work because this was hard. Um, but give it some time, let those relationships develop. And the nice thing is once you establish them and you, you get that type of mind, top of mind awareness, like that doesn't really go away for quite a while. So it's a very powerful approach. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It, it's like, Hey, I made one cold call. How come I, I don't have an appointment? How come right. I didn't close exactly. the sale? Yeah. I went to the gym one day. How come I'm not ripped? Yeah. And yep. I love what you said about, you know, with that personalization. That's why I held up my little whiteboard because it makes people feel special. And that's part of my philosophy. When I train and coach salespeople, you got to make people feel special because they don't feel special most of the time. And by using somebody's name, they realize, oh, I'm not sending, unless I'm sending this out to every, every Bob in the universe, which of course I'm right. not, uh, yeah. it, it really does uh, uh, work. And uh, I forgot the name of what you said, that part of the brain, but uh, I, I love that there's a part that recognizes faces. I just wish I could connect the name to the face more often because I have a, I, right. I'm always good with faces, but I'm really tough on remembering names. I, yeah, right, and we, we all are. I think that that's what's what's so interesting about it is that your your brain will much more regularly pick up. Like, you know, you're in the grocery store and you're like, I know that person, you know, like, and they're doing the same thing, right? They're looking at you kind of, and neither of you remembers each other's name. And so you just sort of keep walking a lot of times, you know? and. But but that's just it. Like that that's that is inherently the power of video. So I, I think that's really worth you know reiterating. It's just you don't think about it as a performance. You know, it doesn't. You're not gonna. You don't need to make video into this thing that's oh, it's got to be social and it's got to be hilarious and it's got to go viral. I mean, a lot of people start there, and that's very intimidating. When really all you're doing is just put. You know, you got this medium, social media, email, whatever communication tool you're using, and now we have the ability to put. You know, a pretty accurate representation of us you know the the whole experience our voice our face all our facial expressions uh, we can put that right in front of that person and it just feels more real and i think if you think of video that way you'll start to realize all these places where you're like oh that that could be a video this text i'm sending right now it's kind of long it's got a lot of detail this could be a video you know this email this could be a video and you start to realize there's places you can kind of work it into what you're already doing yeah and, and, and it creates that personal touch not just that you're calling them out by name but you're making yourself into a human. And the fact is people don't really do business with companies for the most part, they're doing business with people. Right. Sales is a very human interaction. You happen to do a lot of work with real estate people. Why yeah. that focus and is video good for all salespeople? 
Yeah, so there are a couple of reasons we focused on real estate. Uh, one was that when we started business video school, it was kind of a niche we'd already built out a little bit uh, because of a previous business. Um, second reason was because of the connections I had there, we had access to a couple guys that ended up being our partners that had like a national level audience, you know, a couple hundred thousand real estate agents. They had this Facebook group with all these people in it. Um, so that was kind of a no brainer to start there. And then really the third reason that, that I think we started with real estate is that it is I mean, you could argue that the U.S. real estate industry is probably one of the most competitive industries in the entire world, just in the sense that, I mean, there, you know, the, the numbers are currently dwindling, um, but there was close to 2 million total real estate agents and not that many more real estate transactions done in a given year. And so the real estate industry spends, I think, too much time, but they spend a lot of time, a lot of money and a lot of attention on marketing competition how do how do i get the next the next customer how do i outcompete all these other people that are trying to attract that same person and so it's a great place to to refine you know marketing and sales strategies because if it works in that industry it's probably going to work almost anywhere else and so that's kind of was was sort of our approach here is and that we are expanding at this point into you know a bunch of other niches and other groups um but real estate agents are at, at heart they're salespeople, right i mean that it's a very much a sales job you know it's about building relationships i mean you're literally managing a massive transaction, often hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of dollars going, you know, one way or the other. Um, and so I, I absolutely think that this stuff works for any salesperson. Now, it depends on what you're selling, because some salespeople have, you know, a, a steady source of, of leads, and they're just working those leads, others have to go out and generate their own business. In that sense, I think, you know, it works for anybody in any case, especially if they just think about it as, hey, this is the new way I talk to somebody. This is the way I, I, I close that gap. You know, I mean, that, that's kind of what's happened with all these virtual kinds of communication is that they've created a gap, right? So it used to be if you're selling, you're knocking on doors, you're talking face to face because there was no other way to do it. And as we developed the phone and, and eventually the Internet and email and social media and all these things, you know, we could talk at a distance and across time but it was much less personal, right? You, you can't really develop the same kind of bond there. So video, I think is, it's kind of a huge jump back in the direction of, hey, this is this is very close to face-to-face, -face, especially the way the brain interprets it. Um, so in that way, just thinking of it that way and, and sort of finding those places where you can work it in. But if you are generating your own leads, if that is part of what you do, I mean, I'll say right now, like I, you know, I used to do a lot of networking. This is kind of an example of where you can see the impact from this stuff, you know? And I still do a lot of networking, but I, I do a lot less kind of just the, the weekly go into the room and bump shoulders and try to meet people that are going to be helpful to you and your business. And uh, when I do those things now, it used to be I go in, I didn't know anybody. I was kind of a wallflower, you know, actually kind of an introverted guy in a lot of ways. Uh, now I go in and like people like total strangers often will come up and be like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, and they'll introduce themselves and then it'll turn out they've been watching my videos for three or four years, you know, and I'll tell you, I mean, the, the kind of conversation you have with somebody like that is you just never have had it before, you know, because they're coming in and, and they know who you are. They already respect you, you know, like they're curious to ask you questions and get to know you. Um, and it doesn't take much. It's not like they've had to have seen, you know, hours and hours of my videos. It's just that familiarity. I mean, it's again, the psychological is called the familiarity principle, right? The more you're the more you show up, the more your face is in front of somebody, um, the more they automatically start to like you because, you know, I mean, it's kind of interesting at the at the evolutionary level, if you think about your brain and the way it works, you know, who are the people you see the most, right? It's it's your family, right? It's your friends, like those people that who the, whose faces just keep showing up in front of your eyeballs on a regular basis. We're kind of simulating that same thing now, you know, so you see this with like influencers and the level of, of uh, attachment people will have and develop for them. Um, so you can do that in your business, right? So you don't you don't have to be Taylor Swift. You don't have to have millions and millions of diehard fans. But a few hundred people even who who just know about you in, in your target market that are thinking about you every so often, that are being more consistently reminded that you exist even, um, that, is, that is a huge deal, right? So I think for both categories, it makes a ton of sense, but especially if you're generating leads, if you switch to using video, there's a very good chance your job will get much easier. Yeah, that's great. I, I, and I love what you said about that recognition factor. You know, we, we if if sales is all about like and trust, which it is, and of course, providing value, the more mm -hmm. people recognize you, the better off you are. It's why I always uh, am stunned when people have a LinkedIn profile with no picture. That's crazy. Uh, uh, right. It, it, for me, yeah. it's like a dating profile that doesn't have a picture. I automatically assume something's wrong. So, yeah, <laughs> that's I, fair. I love that's that. Fair. Uh, good morning. Uh, good morning, John Hill. John Hill says, hey, glad to be on the Sales Pro Network and wishing you the best for the holidays in the coming year. Same to you, John, and to everybody. And good morning, Don Levine, our executive recruiter. Um, 
I think that some people believe that they don't have the technological know-how to produce videos. Uh, can somebody with less than strong technology skills still create useful video? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that that's something that has changed. And I understand that that sort of fear. Um, but this is that's who we work with typically, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, people that are starting with video right now on their own, they usually have a little bit of tech understanding because because there is still some barrier there. But I mean, it's gotten substantially easier just in the past few years. And I, and I think the pandemic and the force, everybody being forced over on a zoom. I mean, we, we all kind of learned at least how to do that. I, I think that in my mind, that kind of got rid of those remaining tech excuses. It's like, if you've ever been able to turn your, your camera on on your computer and talk to somebody, I mean, the Zoom has a record button in it, you know? Like, you just hit the record button, and, and now you got, a, you got a video. In fact, yeah, I mean, so, like, that that might be one of the better videos you can make. I, I love getting people like this, right? Where This isn't Zoom, but, like, this is basically the same kind of thing. It's like we're, we're on an online platform with a record button, and we're having a conversation, and we're making content, right? So that's... That is, that's at a basic, and I think that's where a lot of people, you know, you come in with this idea, you, you see other videos other people have made, and you're like, well, I want to make that. Like, that video went viral. I want to make that video. And you're like, but I can't make that video. It's way too complicated. You know, there's all these different shots, and there's all this editing, and, you know, music, and graphics. And, yeah, of course, you know, it's one of the more complicated videos. It's like, back to your, your example of working out, I always like to talk about that. It's like, look, you know, the first day you walk into the gym never lifted in your life. Like if you look around, you see the bodybuilders and you go over and you try to imitate what they're doing on day one, you're going to hurt yourself, right? It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be awkward, uncomfortable. All the same things we associate with making these like social media videos and we don't know who's going to see them. And it's, it's, you know, overwhelming. Well, you don't do that. You walk in and you, and you find the the starting spot and you pick up the, you know, the lowest possible weight and you learn the form, right? And you kind of work your way into it. Do the same thing with video and it's much easier, right? So that that's where the the technical stuff shouldn't even be a part of the conversation when you start, right? So I think, I mean, honestly, these things, the, I mean, I have a, there's an 8K camera in this phone. I can't even display 8K video on my computer or my television right now. You know, it's like, you don't need any more tech than that, right? So there's, there's four or five cameras in these things nowadays. Even the selfie camera is pretty good if you have a newer model. Um, and, and so that's it. You know, I think really what you should focus on when you're first getting started is, is less the technical stuff. Like if you've ever been able to take your phone out and record you know, something around you, you just hit the, the selfie camera and you point at your face, right? So that part's not that hard. It's more, you know, what am I talking about? Like, how am I framing myself on camera? Like, you know, because a lot of people like they'll, they'll almost hide themselves in like the bottom corner of the video, you know, so making that eye contact with the camera, thinking about what you're going to say a little bit before you start. Um, and then starting simple one, I, here's my favorite starting place of video, birthday video messages, right? So like get out there in your network, the people you're trying to sell to already, and whenever you see one of them's having a birthday, shoot them a private one-on-one -on -one message, wishing them happy birthday, um, you know, invite them out for coffee sometime or whatever you want to do to kind of catch up. Don't make it about business because it doesn't need to be. It's just a way to, to touch that person and, you know, show them that you care about the relationship. And I mean, talk about low pressure, right? I mean, this, this, there's nobody's going to see it. It's just the one person and you're saying happy birthday. Like you cannot mess that up. You know, even if it comes across as a little awkward or you're not framed properly, they're just going to see it and be like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Somebody took the time to make a little video for my birthday. That's awesome. And then they remember it for months. I mean, I've had people, I'll forget to send them one the following year, and they'll give me crap. Like, hey, where's my my birthday video uh, on Facebook or something, you know? So, like, that kind of stuff, I think, that that you know, that that gets rid of a lot of the excuses. And, and we find that a lot. Like that, you know, I've had people that built out studios thinking they needed all this stuff. And then they never made a video because it created a mountain of, of tech challenges, you know, things they had to learn how to do, right? So start simple and build gradually. <laughs> yeah, I, I love creating video and uh, I do exactly what you just said. I use Zoom. I mean, I, I'm already yeah. using it. I already know how to do it. All I have to do is press record. And the beauty of it is, you know, I, I always have something, some idea in mind of what I'm going to say. And if I screw up, sometimes I'll just have to record it three, four, even five, and sometimes 10 times. Sure. But, you know, uh, it doesn't cost me anything. I'm already paying for Zoom, so it's 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 pretty dog darn easy. And I love what you just said about birthday videos. That hadn't occurred to me because uh, what I often talk to uh, salespeople about is establishing and nurturing a relationship over time. And you know, it's great to wish people happy birthday on Facebook, and it's great to send them an email. But it means a lot more when you go to Hallmark and buy a card and write it out and put it in the mail. But a video 
you don't even have to go, go out. You don't have to leave your home. Boom. Happy birthday. Really wish whatever you're going to say and send it off. It's just brilliant. So what are some of the skills that we need to produce a quality video? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there are some basic things you can do. Um, I think first and foremost is uh, just thinking about your lighting and your audio. Um, don't overcomplicate. You don't need to buy anything here. You just need to do a couple of really simple things. So the number one rule with lighting is just making sure that the light is coming from in front of you. Um, so you always want to face your source of light. I think this is one of those things. Once you do it once or twice, it becomes second nature because you you see it in the, the result on the video. Um, but you might not think to do it in the first place. So most of the lighting we have is overhead. That's really not flattering for video. And so, you know, if you can get into a situation, and, and I think we both are using a lighting setup right now so that the fronts of us are, are better lit, right? So that's one thing you can do, you know, so you can get, and honestly, a window is fine. So if you're going to make a video, you, I mean, you turn off the overhead light, like in this room, I, I turned off that light. And then, you you know, I actually have a couple windows I haven't covered in here so I can control the light a little bit better. But you just open the window and you turn toward it, right? I mean, that, that's going to get you good lighting. Um, that is mostly like where that's going to help is you're just going to feel that you look better. So that improves your confidence. Like, I don't think that's necessary if you're just trying to fire off a quick birthday video to somebody, but I've seen that drastically improve somebody's performance just because they're like, oh, wow, I don't, I don't look like, you know, I look five years younger all of a sudden, right? Cause it's not highlighting all the wrinkles on their face because the lights from above. So that's one thing you can do. Um, next would be audio. <clears throat> the only thing you have to worry about with audio is you need the viewer to be able to understand you clearly, right? So that and that's actually more important than the visual. Um, there's research that shows that if it's hard to hear what you're saying, they will stop watching sooner. There you go, right? You got to get that. Got to get a, a microphone, or you know, I think that's where um, as long as you're not too far from your recording device when you're getting started, that that's probably good enough. Um, I like to keep an eye out on on background sound too. So you know, trying to be in a room with like uh, some carpeting or some plush furniture that'll absorb the the, re the reverberation of your voice on the walls, stuff like that. Um, so those are a couple of things, but again, as long as you can hear what that person is saying clearly, that's the important thing, right? So it's, it's just about like recording a, a practice clip. Um, and then the third one that I'll give you um, is what I referenced earlier, which is framing, which is more about where you where you are in the shot, right? So when you're when you're shoot, shooting yourself, like we're both a good example of this right now, there should be a little bit of space above your head, right? And then you can decide how much your body you want to show. Um, but you want to make sure that that it feels natural, right? So like, and that I don't know why I think there's a tendency when you first make your videos, especially if you're holding your phone like this, that people tend to tilt it like like this a little bit so that it's shooting and their head is like right at the bottom of the frame. And then two thirds of the video is just like the ceiling in the room, you know, and um, it's a little distracting. It takes the viewer out of the experience. And again, you have to remember like what's happening in that viewer's brain is their brain is basically saying, hey, this person is sitting here in front of me. Like this, this feels like they're here. I hear their voice. I see their face, all that kind of stuff. Anything you do to reduce that experience takes the viewer out of, of that mode, right? So you want to make sure that they can see your body. I always like to think of it as like, yeah, I'm kind of like sitting across from a, a table having a coffee with somebody, you know, they should get, you know, sort of see me that same way. Um, that'll, that'll help too, right? So those are those are just three small things, right? And other than that, I mean, you just you just sort of hit the record button and you do your thing. Um, I guess one a one bonus that is a more technical thing that you might want to look into learning how to do because it's very simple is what we would call trimming the beginning and the end of a, of a piece of footage. Um, literally, if you hit the edit button in your phone, one of the main things you'll see is that bar across the bottom with the the video track, and then at the end of each end of that bar is usually a little tab. You can hold down on those tabs and drag in. Right. And so that and all that means is that now when you start recording, you don't have to try to start talking right as it starts recording. Um, you can actually wait a couple seconds. You can get collected, confident, you know, kind of do your thing, start talking, and then you can go in and trim the video down to that spot. Um, that that is it's not hard to do. So once you learn to do it, you, you know, you can do it pretty easily. It just removes all the pressure. I mean, because, you know, we've all seen the video where the person's hand is kind of moving back from the, the screen and they're a little bit, you know, discombobulated for a few seconds. Um, that eliminates that part, right? So that's one thing that might be worth trying. Other than that stuff, you know, and that's like 10 minutes worth of learning. You don't need anything else. You just get started, you know? Great, great. Yeah, uh, I uh, I always start my videos with a few seconds of me just sitting like this, just with a mm -hmm. little smile on my face. And then I, yep. then I start talking. And I'm hearing you say the same advice I give salespeople about virtual selling, because virtual selling and face-to-face -face selling are very, very similar, except you're not sitting in the same room. but Good, good audio, good camera, and good lighting. And uh, you know, I have my I have ring lights hanging from the ceiling because I don't want people distracted by the reflection of the light in my right. glasses, 
little things like that do make a big difference. I don't want anything taking the concentration away from the conversation that I'm having with the prospect and right. staring at the, the rings on my, on my glasses could absolutely <laughs> do that. Um, so we can use the, the existing uh, stuff we already have to shoot. What about editing uh, videos? What, what tools do we need for that? You, you mentioned how to do it on an iPhone. I use Camtasia for, for editing and it, it very, very low, low learning curve. Uh, I, I always say I'm more technologically advanced than the average human. I know just enough to get myself in trouble, but I, I'm certainly not a video editor. It's not that hard to do. What do you recommend? Yeah, so Camtasia is a good one. Um, I think that a lot of phones now actually have some of these editing features just sort of built right into the app when you record, you know, so I think if, if there's anything there you can use might as well just to, to kind of get used to it, you know, because that way you can do it right away and not have to put it into another app or anything. Um, ones that are becoming more popular now, I would say um, CapCut is a big one. Um, CapCut, full disclosure, is, is owned and, and controlled by ByteDance, which is the same company that owns TikTok, right? So on the one hand, that means it's a very robust app. It includes a lot of the same editing tools that TikTok has. Um, but if you don't like the fact that it's owned by a Chinese company, then you know you got to watch out for that one. Um, there's also uh, one that I really like, kind of the other end of the spectrum in some ways, is called Kapwing, which is K-A-P-W-I-N-G. Kind of a weird name. Um, but they are a startup here based in the U.S. here, so kind of the opposite end of the spectrum with a hundred-plus billion-dollar company over in China. Um, and they are they are really innovating with a lot of AI tools right now. So they they don't work perfectly, but um, we're at a point in time with the evolution of this AI stuff that we're getting close to the point where you just be able to sit there and just talk to a computer, and it will do the editing for you. So that their tool doesn't quite work that way yet, but but you know kind of look at a few of the things they have, you can see it's getting close to that. Um, but their their base editor too is also really great, and it's all cloud based as well. They're they're really like the first cloud based editor. So. Everything you do on a computer goes straight over to looking the same on the phone, et cetera. Um, so you can, for instance, like, you know, shoot your video on your phone, upload it to Kapwing, and, the, and CapCut will do this too now. Um, and then you can just go to your computer and start working on it, right? So like, that's really handy. Um, so those are a couple, you know, and I think really it's, uh, it just depends on what you're trying to do. I mean, a lot of the types of stuff people want to do nowadays is like, you know, add the captions, you know, like automatic captions. A lot of tools will do that. Um, both of those tools I mentioned will. Uh, you know, remove the background, right? Again, both those tools will, will do that for you. Um, if you're trying to do things like video messaging, it's a little different, right? In those cases, there there's tools like Dub or Vidyard or a couple that I recommend for one-to-one -one video messages. Um, and and uh, yeah, the truth, truth is, it's like you just get to the point where you find the things, I mean, because we always have students asking like, which tools should I use and what's the process? And we're at a point with the evolution of this stuff that it has not really consolidated in a meaningful way, which is, fun because it means there's all these startups and they all have different products and they're kind of cool to, to experiment with and use. Um, but it also means like there are just a lot of tools, you know? So I think it's more about like, if you find one you like and you've learned to use it and it's doing the things you, you need it to do, you know, focus on that. Um, so I'm just kind of giving that warning there because sometimes people hear these things like, Oh, I'm going to go learn CapCut now. And I'm like, well, if, if Camtasia is good for you, like you need to stay there because that's a whole, the whole bunch of stuff you're going to have to figure out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if I spelled it right, but I put the name of that one you mentioned into the comments. Capwing, K-A-P-I-N-G. Perfect. Okay. Um, here's the question I've asked many people. Uh, uh, I, one of the things I offer is online sales training videos. And I went into a professional studio and shop. I mean, the entire studio was a green screen. And I mean, it, it was it was an amazing experience. Do the videos you create need to be professional level or is something raw that you do in your office uh, good enough? I mean that yeah, that's a great question, but it, but it is really very situation dependent. You know, I think that that's that's one thing I've learned doing this is that all the all the sort of places and types of videos that I thought existed when I started, it's like a hundred x from where I started. You know, like there was there was just a few. Oh, we should have this and a brand video, and you know, there should be one video on your website. And now it's like, I mean, it's it's harder to to think about what shouldn't be a video. You know, um, that's probably a smaller category. So what you're talking about like if you're like so for instance like we in our school like we have uh, a lot of our stuff is is very professional you know it's very professionally shot we've actually pulled back on that we started to realize um the students are not asking for this you know they're not asking us to to look like a you know 100 million dollar company we're not yet you know we're much smaller than that so um so we actually came back and so we went from uh shooting stuff you know and, and we still use it like I'm on a, a camera, it's a DSLR camera, right? So I've got it plugged into my computer, but it is a, a nicer camera than just a webcam. Um, so we have some of that as kind of a baseline. So I mean, we, you know, obviously, so our, 
our kind of spot I sit down in my house and start recording is closer to a professional studio than than most people's home offices would be. So there's there's a need for some of that, I think, if you're if you're but that's if you're, you know, performing on camera, right? So like if it's gonna be something that you're selling access to, um, if if you need to position your brand as premium, you know, all those sorts of things that then yes, the higher quality is is almost always worth it. And like one thing we have on our staff is we have a, a, a gentleman whose former job was, you know, working full time as a professional videographer, right? So like he's he's our video pro, like he knows how to edit all this stuff, shoot all this stuff, really high high quality. Now on the other hand, I a lot of my social stuff, a lot of the other thing, I mean, I, I'm still shooting with my phone. You know, I've got this camera sitting right here, but I want to shoot vertical format. You know, I want to keep things easy, um, and so that's that's what it comes down to, right? So I think it's really a matter of does it fit what they expect? Like, just so if I see your content and it's really polished, does that strike me as, as you trying too hard? You know what I mean? So like, if you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're selling something that that's, you know, kind of lower cost and, you know, you're not seen as a, as a premium service or product, then that might kind of strike people as like, I've, we've had people mention to us that their, their customers felt like, you know, they're wasting their time or they were, you know, trying to be a TV star because their stuff is sort of too produced. So, there's that, right? On the other end of the spectrum, if you are premium and you want to sort of position yourself that way, then yeah, it's worth it, you know? And you see some of these these commercials and, you know, especially television ads, like 30 second video costs hundreds of thousands or sometimes millions of dollars to make, you know? Um, and, and in that case, it's worth it. So it's it's a spectrum, right? And I think it's just about thinking about who's going to see the video. I mean, if you focus on your audience, if and that, that also takes you out of your head, it, it prevents some of your nerves, things like that. But if you're really just focused on who is this for, right? Who's going to see this? What does that person need to think about me? What What's the, you know, the brand I'm trying to portray to that person? Um, that will usually answer that question per video, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it's almost as if the pro professional one can be too slick for people, depending on the situation. I have a, a dear yeah. friend who's a, a LinkedIn expert. Uh, he's he's brilliant at LinkedIn. And he every day when he goes out to walk or run or uh, ro rollerblade, he has a phone and he, well, you know, he's breathing heavy and, you know, he's talking to his audience, but it makes it very real. It, it really makes right. him a human as opposed to a talking head that you might see in a TV studio. So I, I, I think your answer is perfect. You know, it's situational. Um, you used the term before, and I wanted to ask you about it, and I also saw it in, in one of your posts. Um, mm -hmm. What is a brand video as opposed to a regular video? And also, what is B-roll? Right, I yeah. So after the second one, but I think it's a useful thing to know. Sure, sure. So, yeah, brand video, uh, you know, it's kind of a term we, we made up, but I mean, it's been used before. You know, it's just basically your, your video that is the it's the personification of what you do and I, I actually think it's it's less important than it used to be you know so like think back you know five years ago like the kind of video that was like the featured video on a website maybe the only video that company has right so it's it's got a lot of the the slow motion shots of people walking in or out the front door you know it's got the the receptionist smiling as somebody walks in you know that sort of stuff and then usually it incorporates your values and some of your services and maybe a couple clients talking about how great you are um, you know, it's it's an expensive video. It tends to be highly produced. It tends to be something you use for years. And I I still think that that is relevant. You know, I think a lot of customers that they come to our production company, like they do want that video. Um, but that was from a, a little bit of a legacy from from where video was just hard to put on the internet. You know, so it kind of made sense. Like I'm just gonna have this one. It's gonna be a, a good encapsulation of everything you kind of need to know about us. And then if that sounds good, let let's have a chat, right? Um, now, I think, yes, that's worth having out there, but really we're starting to see websites with just video everywhere, you know, like video on the services page, talking about each service, video on the blog, you know, summarizing what's in the blog post. I mean, you know, just sort of finding ways to put it everywhere. And if it is, you know, then that's how they're getting to know you, right? So so needing that brand video kind of diminishes. Um, now, B-roll, which is something we, we end up shooting a lot of for a brand video, uh, B-roll, it's, it's basically, it's just all the, the footage is not the primary shot. So, you know, you see this in almost everything you watch, especially professionally developed uh, shows and stuff, right? So if somebody's talking to the camera and it cuts to a clip of, you know, like on the news, like the crime scene, you know, that they recorded before they they got live on camera, like that kind of stuff is is the B-roll, right? Or, you know, um, I'm talking about, uh, you know, like our, our clients will do like a lot of community highlight videos, right? So they're talking about a restaurant they really like. And then as they're talking into the camera, um, it cuts to some shots that they took while they were there. Um, so maybe it's some shots of the food. It's a panning shot of the of the restaurant, uh, you know, dining rooms. So people kind of see the ambiance, things like that. 
Um, and, and actually, like if, if you're proactive about capturing this stuff when you're out and about, I mean, you can take a couple quick videos in a restaurant, and then when you get home, you just hop on your, your, your camera. You don't even need green screen anymore because you can remove the background in a video without green screen. And so you just talk about the restaurant. You know, oh, I just checked out this place, and I love it, and this is my favorite dish. You throw your B-roll into it, and you've got your video. And like, you know, nobody in the restaurant even has to know that you were making a video about it, right? Because that can be that can be kind of awkward. Like, oh, I'm going to record a video in front of all these people all of a sudden. Um, so yeah, so that's that. So B-roll, you know, it's one of those things that um, if you if you capture just a little bit of it, kind of when you're out and about in a place that you think might be interesting to your audience at some point, there will come a time I guarantee you where you're like, oh yeah, I have that footage that one place. I'm really glad I did that. Um, I, that happens to me all the time. Like, oh yeah, what was that, that clip from that soccer game? I'm gonna make a video out of it now. Um, so worth worth you know thinking about if you get the opportunity when you're out and about. Yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned food because uh, I I love TikTok and in fact I love it too much. It's really addictive. <laughs> uh, but uh, my son, who knows I love barbecue, uh, he sent me uh, you know forwarded a video of this barbecue restaurant here in New York, and uh, I'm mm -hmm. I'm looking at it, I'm going. Oh man, I got to go to this restaurant. Look at these ribs. Look at this brisket. This looks amazing. Uh, so <laughs> something like that just really, it activates something in your brain. I mean, I'm watching right. this video and I'm like salivating. It's like, I got to go for ribs right now. So it's great stuff. Um, just like being on stage in front of a live audience, most people, many people, many people, if not most, are terrified of going. Sure. I mean, they say that public speaking, fear of public speaking is the number one fear in life, uh, more than snakes and death. In fact, Seinfeld used to say, people would rather get bit by a snake and die rather than go on a stage. And I think that's true for many, if not most people. And they're also scared about being on camera. How can we become more confident on camera? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's number one is practice. I mean, that's an obvious answer out, you know, but it, it's true, you know, because I think that as much as it's similar to public speaking, you know, and depending on the kind of video you're making, like I, I record lots of videos that are very similar to just speaking on a stage in front of an audience. Um, but there's also lots of videos that are not that level, you know, so I think that that association can be broken in a lot of ways, especially if you do a lot of video messaging. So we always recommend people start there. Um, so that way you're not dealing with the performance anxiety that, you know, it still will be there a little bit, right, just in terms of getting started. Um, so that's one thing is just repetition. I think uh, another is just really practicing the the tech and all the sort of back end stuff um when you're not making a video right so so you know a lot of times like when we when we know we have to perform anything that's attached to that performance is also that much harder right so if i'm sitting down in front of the camera and i'm also going to have to figure out how to use my my recording technology that i haven't really used before well, that becomes a, a reason to procrastinate. And all of a sudden, we're not making the video, right? Oh, I got stuck on a technical step. And that happens like constantly. You know, we, we deal with that a lot. Um, so I think the point is learn to use the tech the day before, right? So that way you're sitting down like every like as much as possible can be prepped ahead of time. Um, that eliminates distraction, eliminates sort of those issues, right? So if I know what I'm talking about, I at least have some bullet points written out, maybe even a full script that I've read through a bunch of times and gotten really familiar with. I mean, you can use a teleprompter and not sound scripted as long as the script is pretty familiar to you, right? You're not literally looking at it, reading it. You know, you're just, just kind of reminding you what you're supposed to say. Um, those things help a lot. And then once you're in that situation, if you've set yourself up correctly, I think then it's all about focusing on who's who's viewing the content, right? So, I mean, that's easy when you're sitting face-to-face -face with somebody. You know, it's it's also relatively easy when you're in a room and, per, and performing in front of that audience. Um, obviously that's still going to create some anxiety, but they're not there. Right. So that part of it, um, that's kind of what's interesting about it is like, yeah, I mean, if, if you can remove the, if you're not thinking about the judgment that's possibly going to happen and instead you're thinking about the things people are going to learn and you're thinking about, you know, how impactful this message is going to be. And, you know, the, the per person that's going to hear it and go, wow, that that's finally clicked for me. I'm so glad I watched this. Um, that's going to alleviate a lot of that pressure as well because they're not actually there. Right. So you can't get rid of that when you're public speaking. Those people are all sitting in front of you and they're looking up at you and, you know, like that. You can't really you could there's tricks to try to not think about it, but it's there. Right. When you're making a video, they're not there. So it, it is a lot easier to kind of remove yourself from that. Um, and the last thing I'll say is you just always remember is if you're not live and I love live video, I think live video you know, is an enormously powerful tool. But if you're not live, you can always re-record, Right. So like that, I mean, I always think about that. I'm like, yeah, this is just take number one. I'm probably going to do five. I hit record. 
And then because I wasn't thinking it was my final take, I actually ended up doing a better take and then I'm done, you know? And it's like, okay, I don't need five. I only need this one. But if I was thinking I have to get it right on this one, I would have screwed up. <laughs> yeah, um, that, so that, that, that always helps, yeah. Yeah, that last point is exactly what I was thinking. Like you and I are streaming live right now, so we need things to go well and be fairly smooth. But when you're shooting a video that's not going out live, you can do it 50 times if you're not happy with the result. Right. Uh, uh, you know, I, I am a professional speaker. I'm also a stand-up comedian, so I'm pretty good at speaking off the cuff. But, you know, there are times when I've done a, a take, you know, 10 times doing the same thing because, you know, uh, the dog will bark in the background. It's like, sure. oh, come on, man, or I'll, I'll blow a word. It's like, is it important? Do I, do I need it to go? Yeah, I'm just going to do it again. And there's really no pressure because you can take your time and get it to the point where you feel com comfortable and confident. Um, wh what is the small business video roadmap? So yeah, this this is uh we you know after many years of doing this stuff and, and working with all these businesses, we realized that you know a lot of people come into wanting to do video and they have like that one video in mind, right? Like they've been thinking about this one video they want to make and they've been focusing on it for probably a while, and that's fine, that's great, it's a good, good place to get started. But unfortunately, that tends to cloud their vision and they they don't really realize that like there's just all these other places that they should be using it. A lot of which they should probably be starting with instead of that one video they're thinking about. And so we decided we're like, you know what, we're just going to we're going to build a formal system here. You know, we're going to we're going to take all the research, all the experiments, all these trials we've done with all these students and clients all over the country. And we're going to see what the commonalities are to to how to get somebody to their final destination as fast as possible. Right. So if their goal is I want to be big on YouTube. I want to have a bunch of following, you know, there or TikTok or whatever it is. Um, we're going to figure out what what do you actually do to get there quickly, right? So a lot of times it's not just dive in and start making complicated videos on TikTok. You know, if you look at a lot of those folks that got there, it was, it was you know, for one, they made hundreds of videos, right? So like, that's the first disappointment. Like you talk to any influencer and it's like, I don't, like literally I've, I've talked to guys who are like, look, until you have made 300 videos, do not expect results. And I hear that and I think, sure, I mean, I've, I've already made over 300 videos. That doesn't bother me. But most beginners think, holy crap, like, I, I, why even start now? You know, because they're coming in and thinking, I'm going to make this one video. It's going to be great. Now this guy's saying make 300 and they're it's just like, this is ridiculous. So that's kind of where the, this roadmap comes from is this idea of like, let's let's break that down. Let's show you what those steps look like, you know. So the, the, the four, there's kind of four primary strategies that are built into this, this approach. And they're, and they're built in an order that uh, number one, they build on their the skill set. So that way, it's sort of a natural progression. It's like going to the gym and starting with the small weights and doing the simpler exercises that then teach you the form and the strength that helps you do the more complicated stuff, right? So that's one part of it. And the other part is that we want to make sure that you're building momentum with your results too, right? So I think a lot of times when you're learning something new, you typically aren't getting very much of a result in the first stages because you suck at it, you know, so you're just kind of learning how to do it. Um, well, what's funny is with video messages, you actually do get results really fast. You know, this is one of the only areas I've ever seen this where you, you can start with the simplest form of video. I mean, literally, literally happy birthday videos. And I will guarantee you, if you just send everybody you're connected to on social media that, that you like, at least, right? If you sent every single one of them a happy birthday video over the next year and did no other kind of video, the impact that would have on your results would be so significant. You'd be so excited about it that you're going to rush out and want to do more video, right? So like, I think that's important too. So, so that's the idea. So these four strategies, they start out with one-to-one -one video messaging. Um, once you've learned to do that and it's become a habit, we focus a lot on habit building through this process. Um, then you want to, we talk, we call it scaling yourself with video. So stage two is kind of looking for places where you're having the same conversations with different people, um, looking at your processes and documenting them. And uh, basically creating an environment where once somebody comes in as a customer or lead, they're starting to see these videos explaining to them how things are going to work from that point forward. Um, it drastically improves customer service and it saves a lot of time, right? So that, that's a huge one because once you save that time, and again, that's still not a public performance yet. Um, once you have that time, you freed up because now you're having less of the same you know, repetitive conversations. You're having better conversations. Now you build the third strategy, which is a video marketing funnel. So this is a strategic, you know, approach with the stages of an actual marketing funnel. Um, that's something, depending on where what your role is in your business, you may be working with like the marketing department to put that together. Um, but now there's videos of you. These are pretty polished. This is the stuff where you know, hopefully, it, you have some experience, and that's why you do those other two things first. Once then you have your funnel, that's when we usually recommend the organic social media, right? So it's kind of flips the the expectation on its head. 
which is I want to go on a viral on TikTok, but I don't know how to make a video yet. You know, and now it's like, no, TikTok is the destination. But if you do it that way, now when you get that attention, you know, which which is kind of a crapshoot. Sometimes you get a lot of attention, sometimes you hardly get any. But when you do get it, now there's a whole system that pulls that person in, right? So now it's not just oh, I got a viewer, I got an extra follower, but they're not going to see me again for two weeks, or they don't know anything about me. No, now they start seeing those ads. Now they start getting pulled in. Now they become a lead after a couple of days or a few weeks. Now they're again seeing more video from you. And and when that's the experience, when they get to that point where they're actually ready to have that sales conversation, I mean, they're sold already. You know, I mean, the the, the process has already done the work for you. Um, and and that that's powerful. I mean, that that's a marketing system, right? That's a scalable structure um, that is allowing you to build relationships at scale, basically, right? And until everybody's doing this stuff, like you're going to have a major advantage because you're doing it. And then once everybody is doing it, you'll have a major advantage because you were doing it first and you've already built your your audience and you're better at it than they are, right? So it, it's kind of a defendable position, um, but you got to get started. And I do think we're going to see here in the next few years, it's going to accelerate, you know, this this race when people start to realize like, wow, I'm losing customers because a competitor started sending that person video messages or started posting videos on Facebook or whatever. All of a sudden, that pressure, you know, that 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 ball in your chest is gonna is gonna grow. You're gonna start to worry, like, okay, I had to do this. That's the last place you want to be learning to do video, right? Is is this nervous sense that you have to do this and it has to work? That's a recipe for disaster. So get started before that happens. Give yourself some wiggle room so you can experiment and and sort of try things. And I think if you follow a procedure kind of like I, I laid out there, you'll find it's much easier than uh, dive into that deep end on day one. Yeah, uh, it, it doesn't have to be that hard, but you do need to go through a process. And I, I was pretty impressed when I went on your website. It looks like you take people through a process step by step. I was also pretty impressed with how economical, uh, and we're going to give out your website in a few minutes so everybody can go, but uh, I, I think you're offering a great service. And ha having that goal, look, we all want to go viral. Of course we do. But having a goal to go viral, I mean, that that's like, uh, I never played basketball, but I want to be Kobe Bryant tomorrow. It, right. It's probably yeah. not going to be happening. And, and um you know, it, th that myth of overnight success is exactly that. There's a there's a young comedian who's, who's kind of in a lot of hot water right now, a Matt Rife. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he he burst onto the scene about a year ago, I think it was maybe a year and a half, because there was a, uh, a video on TikTok of him doing what's called crowd work. And he became an instant sensation, except it was either six or 10 years he had already been in the business, you know, going to comedy clubs night after right. night. And if I understand the story correctly, he was actually considering getting out of comedy because he wasn't getting anywhere. And somebody shot this video, it got, it went viral. And now he's this huge sensation charging big bucks for concerts. Again, he's in a little bit of hot water because he's done some uh, right. less than brilliant things right now to piss off his, his real audience. But, uh, right. but yeah, you know, I want to go viral. Yeah, of course you do, but start small. Um, what's a video hook and how can we use AI to create one? Yeah, well, so video hook. I mean, so the the you know we all know how attention spans are at this point, right? Everybody's uh, very fragmented, and we see. I mean, just the amount of content that we're thrown uh, every day is overwhelming. So the first couple seconds of your video are are by far the most important, right? Because you got to grab that attention. You got to get somebody to stop the scroll, right? So that that's the hook. The hook is the first couple seconds of your video. Um, typically, it's going to be like the first one or two sentences if it's a structured video or, or sorry, a scripted video. Um, it could be a visual hook, right? So you can also, uh, like one thing you'll see is, uh, you know, in these these videos of like, uh, you know, something being, uh, like yeah, actually food is a great example, right? Like the hook in the food video, the food video is usually the process making the food and then they show the, the final product at the end. Well, that's not the most enticing part, the, you know, cutting open the packaging, which would be the starting step of that process. So a lot of times the food video, you'll see that. They'll take the 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 shot of them pulling it out of the smoker or, you know, cutting the meat or, you know, the juices come out of the meat or something like that. That's the first shot. And then it starts and shows you how they got there. And then it also still shows that final shot at the end, right? So that that's a visual version of the same thing. So yeah, you always want to think about, you know, what what is what is the the punchline, right? What's the destination? What's the the climax of the story you're telling? You know, whatever it is that the video is about. And then how can you encapsulate the most compelling part of that in the first three seconds, pretty much, right? So it can be a visual shot or it can be, um, you know, like I, I like starting with a question, you know, so basically the question that the video answers, um, you know, so if, I don't know, this example would be like, you know, how to, how to make your, you know, what, what are the first five videos you should make, right? And you just say like, yeah, you know, if you're starting video, what are those first five videos you should make? Let's talk about it, right? Then you get into the, the five videos. So 
that's a hook. Now, now how this the AI stuff can help you? This is actually something I've been experimenting with a lot lately. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So, you know, AI. I mean, if you, if you haven't started trying to use it, you need to. I mean, this is this is literally changing the way. Certainly changed the way I've done business over the past year, um, and it's opened up just a tremendous number of opportunities. So. Uh, one of the things that we we've built is we we built these tools for our students that will take your script and will actually give you ideas for alternative hooks, right? So it'll it'll actually take the whole script, it'll analyze it, and it'll say, well, if you started with the, this sentence, that might be more enticing. Or here's it actually gives you like I think five to ten total ideas. Um, but that's just like that's just scratching the surface. I mean, this stuff will write the scripts for you. Um, I have one I'm building right now that will uh, actually create an entire 2024 marketing content calendar. You know, so it literally gives you ideas every single month for different video topics, but not just random ideas. These are based on your business. What do you, what do, you do? And then the type of customer you're trying to attract. So the more detail you, you tell it, like I'm looking for somebody in this age range with this income that lives in this part of the world and, you know, has these interests and these pain points. And now all those video topics are catered to that person. Um, so this, you know, this is this is crazy what you can do with this stuff. Uh, but yeah, in terms of in terms of hooks and scripts and stuff like that, what I'd recommend if you're not in our school, because we have these tools for you, if you are, um, you can basically teach ChatGPT to do this for you. So you can go to ChatGPT and say, look, I want you to act as a script writer. Here, here's the the line. You know, you got to tell it how to behave, right? So if you can give it an example of a script you've written in the past, that helps a lot. Um, if you can sort of tell it like I'm I'm kind of snarky or you know I'm really straight laced I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable it will write that way um, so just be honest with it you know tell it a little bit about kind of how you communicate and what you like to say in your your content um, and and then just work back and forth with it you know give it feedback you know write the script for me yeah that's not great you know here's some thoughts on how you can make it better each of those chats on ChatGPT basically remember a lot of what you said to them and so you can essentially create like this writing assistant. Um, and kind of train it to to be catered really to what you're you're trying to do, um, and and that's that's incredible, right? So again, this is one of those things where you know it's it it, it should eliminate a lot of excuses, right? I don't know what to say. Well, I mean, AI will tell you what to say, right? I don't know. I'm not sure what my topic should be. I don't know how to have a good hook. I mean, all that kind of stuff, you know, really shouldn't be a, a problem anymore. Yeah, I, I think one of the things we all need to do in 2024, if we're not already good at it, is learn how to become a prompt engineer, because uh, yeah. there's a real art to that. And when you're doing it well, AI is almost magical. I actually went to ChatGPT and said, uh, I'm a sales trainer and coach. I have a good sense of humor and I'm a comedian. And uh, what's an outline for a course on how to use AI in sales? And in about you know 30 seconds, I had five pages of how to put together a program. So uh, yeah. I get asked a lot, do I think uh, that salespeople are in danger of losing their jobs because of AI? I don't. I don't think AI is going to replace salespeople at least no time soon. But I think the salesperson that learns how to use AI effectively is going to outsell the person that doesn't. I have another question for you, though, and I see we're running out of time. Uh, a lot of people do use their phones to shoot video. So, you know, should we be shooting it horizontally or should it be yeah. which one's the right way or is there a right way? Well, yeah, so that, that's going to depend on how they are going to view the video. You know, so I always tell folks, um, I, I think if you're going to choose a default, I do think vertical is kind of the current default, you know, so to, to give you a somewhat direct answer, I think vertical is a good way to, you know, because because again, people are viewing a lot more phone on or a lot more video on their phone, right? So if you're viewing it on the phone, you're usually going to hold it vertically um, and they can do this, right? But it's just another step they have to go through, right? So might as well just make it vertical. Um, now, if they're if it is meant to go like, for instance, on a website, um, then it's a bigger question mark, right? Because again, it's going to depend on like where is somebody viewing it. You know, websites are probably a little bit more likely to still be viewed on a computer. Um, if it's going on YouTube and it's not a YouTube short, it's probably going to be horizontal, right? Because that's the default setting for YouTube. Um, I also think that you know, I, I don't vertical. I think is going to always have its place. I do think it's become. A little bit of a fad, you know. I mean, I, I do think when you look at the, the, like, for instance, like what we're doing right now. Obviously, this is a horizontal setup because to, to put two people on a screen, it kind of really needs to be horizontal. I mean, you could put us top to bottom, but that just kind of looks weird. Um, and so, I think you know, there, there's certain scenarios that that vertical just really doesn't make sense for. I mean, there's a reason televisions were set up the way they are. So, I think we're gonna. I think we're already starting to see a little bit of a, of a pushback in the other direction of like, all right. Yeah, we're watching this stuff on our phones, but you know, I mean, heck, in a few more years, we're just going to all be wearing glasses with horizontal screens in them or something. You know, it's like it's probably going to go back to that. Our eyes are set horizontal to each other; they're not, they're not vertical to each other. You know, so 
I think there's a few things that sort of indicate that, yeah, we'll probably be back to horizontal being that default. But uh, as long as the, the phone is, is the form factor that a lot of people are using to communicate, um, for now, I think vertical makes sense as, as probably a starting point. Got it. And uh, can you speak just for a little bit about uh, something that I preach to salespeople all, all the time? Can you speak to the importance of eye contact? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, you know, like like what we're doing here, right? I mean, so if I'm if I'm trying to look at you on my computer, I'm looking like this, which is not good for the, the stream, right? So um, eye contact, which when it comes to video is, is looking into the camera. I mean, you can't control them looking at your eyes on the screen, but they almost certainly are. That's just how human beings, you know, behave, right? So eye contact is crucial. Um, now, a lot of people will sort of just sit there and stare into the camera the whole time and they'll never look away. And after a while that can get a little bit intense. So it's okay to look away, right? I mean, that's natural in a conversation. You're gonna look away every now and then. Um, but that is really important because that is, you know, that that's the, I mean, that's what, again, it, it, it can take people out of the experience. I mean, you have to remember, I mean, th and this is crazy. It's, it's, it took me kind of a long time to even accept this as, as fact, but when I'm watching a video of somebody, my brain has a hard time and, and consciously, yes, I know it's a video, but so much of my brain is saying that that person is there in front of me. Like just so much of it, right? My ears, the, the, the part recognizing faces, all of that, the experience is exactly the same and, and it, it just cannot tell the difference. So anything you do that takes the person out of that experience is gonna be a negative thing, right? So if I'm looking like at the screen, if I, if I talk the entire time like this, after a while, you're gonna feel like I'm not talking to you because I'm not looking at you, right? So that that's why it's so important. And I think that, um, I mean, if you do enough of those things right and, and, you're, and your quality of the footage and the, and the audio is high enough, I mean, the, the kind of bond that somebody forms with you because of video is, is very similar to having met with them in person, you know? And I think we see this with celebrities now. Um, we, we've always worshiped celebrities, but like it's gotten just kind of insane levels at this point. And, and I think it's why it's because everybody's just showing up on camera a lot more than they ever have before. You know, even, even people that are television and movie stars, I mean, now they have social accounts where not, you know, maybe you would have seen them once a week on TV for just a part of the year, or maybe you would have seen them two times a year in a movie. Now you're seeing them every day on social, right? So the, the form of that relationship is just so much more advanced. Um, so that's the thing, right? So that gets a little bit outside of the eye contact point, but that's the point of, of focusing on it is that it makes it feel like you're there. Yeah, uh, I mean, the truth is I'd rather be staring at you on my screen, but when I do that, I, it doesn't look like I'm looking at the audience. And uh, right. when you don't look at, when you don't look people in the eye, you come across as untrustworthy. So I think it's right. crucial. You know, uh, I do a lot of training via video, video you know, via Zoom, and I, I do networking via Zoom. And uh, I can't tell you how many times I see people looking like this, which I, I don't need to see your forehead. I, need, I want you to look at me. And right. I'd rather be looking looking at your picture right now so because that's better for me but it doesn't look like i'm actually looking talking to you because it, it's distracting uh i uh, unbelievable not unbelievably because this happens to me every week i've still got a bunch of questions for you but we've run out of time so i'm going to share my screen right now would you please tell people how to reach you if they're interested yeah so uh i'm on most social platforms the the big ones i use are going to be facebook and linkedin so if you want to look me up on those uh, there are a few Nick Knee houses, but you know what I look like now, so just find the one that looks like me. Um, and then, uh, yeah, my, my website's bizvideoschool.com, and then my, my email is just nick at bizvideoschool.com. So, yeah, I mean, you're more than welcome. Uh, I love to connect with people on on both LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, and, and, again, that, you know, I, I've built a lot of relationships just through social media over the years, so it's a great way to get to know each other. So connect with me there, and if, and if you have a further question or want more information about uh, membership in Business Video School, I'll tell you right now, we are doing an end of year sale. So if you want that, uh, the details on that, just uh, hit me up by email and I'll send you the link. Well, I already said that I thought your prices were incredibly reasonable. So if there's a sale on top of it, now's a great time to reach out then. Well, Absolutely. Nick, thank you so much for generously sharing your brilliance about video and I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, there will be no uh, no broadcast next week. I'm actually taking the week off. I'm still gonna be doing some work, but uh, I'm kind of gonna try to relax. Uh, I would advise everybody, please, Take some time between now and the end of the year to set your goals for 2024. I'm doing a live free goal setting workshop uh, right here in the Sales Pro Network. It'll also uh, go to my LinkedIn feed and talk about our YouTube channel. Uh, it's at 1045 Eastern this coming Wednesday. You don't have to register for it. I'm not getting your email address. Just come, I'm gonna take you through 
the uh, I actually co-authored a book on setting and achieving goals called How to Be Your Own Coach, Six Simple Questions for Achieving Your Goals. There's lots of books written about setting goals, but very few about how do I now achieve them? So I'm going to take you through the process that I take each of my coaching clients through on setting your financial goal for 2024. Again, this is free. You don't have to register for it. 10:45 Eastern this coming Wednesday. And with that, for those of you who I won't see Wednesday, Nick, thank you so much. And please, everybody, have a very happy, healthy, and prosperous new year, a wonderful weekend, and a, a great Christmas if you're celebrating that. And I'll end as I always do. Please remember that sales is a game of making things happen. So get out there and make sales happen. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, everybody.